This is a Showbile podcast. Welcome to episode five of Bucks on Nucks. Ty Demery here, and thanks for tuning in. And for today's show, we've got a little bit of hockey talk because the NHL playoffs start today. And we've got some MMA action to talk about that happened over the weekend. And we've got a huge card for UFC 274 coming up we're going to take a look at. Also, our beloved Toronto Raptors were unfortunately eliminated from the playoffs. And there was a player from another team that was talking some shit on Twitter about them being eliminated. So we'll take a quick look at that. And DK wanted to talk about Alec Manoa a little bit. So we'll get to that near the end. But before we dive into it, let's check in on the lads. Stu, I know you were in Toronto to see a couple ball games over the weekend. How was that? Holy shit, boys. What a weekend. It's that time of year. Summer. Or, well, not summer yet, but it's getting a little warm. Sun's out. Let me walk you through my weekend a little bit. All right. Saturday. Going to the game with the lads. 15 degrees. Sunny. Dome closed, which is an absolute crime of the century, but... You know, I think there might be a temp threshold, maybe set around 20. Who knows? But it's it's 15 degrees sunny. I was in t-shirt and shorts or jersey and shorts. Should have been open. But we get downtown Toronto. We don't have beers in us. You know what I'm saying? So we go Uh-oh. LCBO around the corner, Scotiabank Arena, around the corner of Scotiabank Arena. Grab a couple tall boys, heading on our way back to the Rogers Center. Rip the couple, just delete them on the way back to the Rogers <laughs> Center, which... It's an absolute dege- degenerate move. Don't recommend. Um, highly illegal. Well, I don't know about highly, but definitely illegal. I'm frowned sure upon. you weren't the only ones doing that. Yeah. <laughs> it's not even well, illegal. It's frowned upon. I, I, I was looking around for some common, some maybe some uh, maybe some common thinkers, but nobody else had had beer. So uh, <laughs> we were getting singled out if there was an officer nearby, unfortunately. But um, fortunately, there wasn't. Anyways, get into the get into the ballpark. Um, it was a great game, realistically. If you're a casual fan, it was an absolute stinker, 2-1 game on Saturday. Um, but I'm, I'm a sucker for pitching, so I enjoyed it. Barrios pitched great, finally. Well, he's had a couple good games, so he's, he's catching on. He's dialing in a little bit. Tough start to the season, but now gave up one run and six innings pitched, I believe. So we'll take it. Had a couple, had a foot-long hot dog, had a slice of pizza. So, you know, good day in total. Um, Get out of the ballpark, went for dinner, Jack Astor's down the road, and uh, got in a little argument with some high school girls or something on the train. You know, a couple of my buddies <laughs> so were drunk, but but uh, <laughs> anyways, that was all fun and games, and then uh, make it home. Sunday, back to the game we go. I go, at least. Uh, it's my, I'm with my girl, with her, her family. Um, another one, another absolute stinker for the casuals. Great game for me. 3-2 win. Gossman pitched unreal. The bullpen pitched well. The hitting was uh hitting still uh in question, but uh Bichette had a two-run home run and uh Santiago Espinal with I believe it was a double or, or, or well, it was a hit regardless. I can't even remember at this point. By the way, boys, Romano, when he comes in to close games, gets the wildest spectacle I've ever seen in my entire life. I'm surprised there's not fireworks going in downtown Toronto every time <laughs> that guy comes out of the bullpen. Let's dim go red and white because he's Canadian. He gets the big whole video montage. No reliever. It's the biggest, biggest friggin' intro. It's like a WWE intro for a, a relief pitcher. So no pressure on that guy when he comes in, eh? 
but he pitched well both times out. He closed both games on the weekend, and uh, second game had a little bit of an assist from George Springer in right field with a beauty catch to save the game a little bit. Um, but yeah, boys, it was a fucking fantastic weekend. Now, um, now I'm sitting here Monday, sun's poking through a little bit here, trying to at least Leafs play in T minus 50, 47 minutes. And, uh, mom's got lasagna in the oven. So it's going to be, it's going to be a fucking, it's going to be a good night. It was already a good weekend to carry the momentum into the weekend haven't done my taxes yet today's the deadline so i gotta slip those in somewhere before before midnight but uh i'm sure we'll get those done fuck right on so does that make you the blue jays lucky charm then you go to both games they get two w's yeah they've been doing every i feel like last year i think we won two when i went there but you go. uh yeah you going and, to the Leafs oh, game tonight I, or what yeah i wish dude uh Gira- or maple leaf square is sold out was sold out within like an hour of when they you have to do fucking wow. you have to like get your own like they're, they're free but you have to like claim your spot in the place now you can't just like show up so uh it's like sold out you get like a qr code and everything so i gotta wait for uh maybe i'll go like friday um or sunday if we make it that far but i forgot to mention in passing i saw jose barrios cross pass about an hour no no sorry it was like at least two hours after the game, I was walking back to Union Station. I'm on Blue Jays, or no, yeah, Blue Jays Way. Walking, uh, I, I split ways with my uh, with my lady and her, and her family, and I was just on my I'm on on my own back to Union Station. Coming down the hill from the Rogers Center is uh, three people speaking Spanish, and I say, "Hey, that guy on the right looks kind of familiar." And as he's right in front of my face, I clocked in. I'm like, holy shit, that's Jose Barrios. I didn't say anything because he's I, he's with who I assumed was his parents. But it was kind of like a – it's not like I was starstruck, but it was kind of like a cool thing to, you know, like, hey, it's Jose Barrios. He pitched the day before. I just watched him pitch. You know what I'm saying? So That's um, awesome. It is awesome. How about you, DK? How have you been doing? So I came on here. I think the first four episodes was like I'm on an absolute heater this week. I am a cooler just like Charles Barkley, I am a cooler with my picks here this week. I've had some seriously bad beats. I put out a video yesterday ripping on Clay Thompson. Clay Thompson is dead to me at the Young Buck Bets podcast until otherwise, <laughs> until he hits a game win in three or something. This guy, I had the Warriors minus two yesterday. This guy missed two free throws with eight seconds to go. The Warriors end up winning by one. They were talking about, you really want to put Clay Thompson at the line. He can hit these free throws. This is who Golden State wants. This guy misses them both. Clay Thompson, if you're listening, which I know you're not, you are dead to me, pal. I even tagged him on my Instagram videos and everything, just hoping that he just saw it and was just like, you know what, buddy? Hit your goddamn free throws. This isn't college ball. On top of that, I had the Winnipeg Jets on the puck line last night, and they had two chances at the empty net. Missed them both. Lost that bet, too. I am a cooler with my picks right now. I wouldn't follow them if I was going today, tomorrow. The only thing that I'm a heater in right now is the MLB, and it kind of parlays me into my next thing. One of what else I'm a heater at is eating goddamn food. And <laughs> today I got home from work. I started early. I'm home early. And I thought, you know what? There's the old El Paso taco kits in there. I want some tacos. Are you guys taco fans? Do you guys like tacos? Oh, big time. Yeah, I love okay. tacos. <laughs> so this, so I'm going to start off by saying what I do. What I do is I take the, the soft shells. When you get the old El Paso kit, I take the soft shells. I melt some cheese on it in the microwave. Take the hard shell, put it on there, wrap it up, have a whole a whole fiasco, a whole thing going, right? 
I realized shortly after, about an hour after I made the ground beef, I've eaten the whole El- Old El Paso taco kit, which I believe is like seven tacos or eight tacos. Double. Not. <laughs> What's, what is the limit? Like how many tacos do you guys destroy when you guys are dummy in tacos? Man, I got to say, I love uh, Taco Bell. As bad as it is the next morning, that shit, man, I go to Taco Bell, I'll demolish like six tacos and a Fry yes. Supreme and and still Fucking be uh, right. wanting more because that shit is delicious, especially their Fry Supreme, man. The, yes. the cheese, melted cheese and the sour cream. Oh, God. We should make this. A, we should make a taco podcast if you want to get into <laughs> talking about tacos because I love that shit. Chicken wings, too. I love chicken wings. That's Dude. a toss up for my favorite <laughs> foods right there. Okay, so then go ahead. Go ahead, Stewie. How many do you take down? <laughs> I was saying if you're going Mexican, you almost got to go real, eh? I, 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 oh, I yeah, like Taco Bell, burritos. by the way. Mucho burrito. I killed the <laughs> the mucho ones. They're like $16 for a single burrito. They're the biggest size I got, and I absolutely folded one of those the other night. <laughs> Ty was watching me. It was yeah, like we were on a video call. The thing was like 12 pounds. <laughs> absolutely <laughs> deleted this thing. It was fucking the size of my head. So I'm saying like uh, lately um, – my metabolism, I feel like, has been slowing down, so it's not a good combo. But uh, fucking, still digesting that burrito, dude. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Next morning. Oh, it, I, that was the night before I went to the first Jays game, man. Like I was like, shit, boys. <laughs> I might be late here on the toilet a little bit. But uh, yeah, tacos. I could probably, I could probably match you. I feel like I could probably do seven. I was gonna say, but that's a good point by you, Stu. My metabolism is slowing down. And like the other day I was at, I was at uh, Buffalo Wild Wing and the first thing I roll in there, give me two pounds of wings. I thought I was going to take maybe a pound home, crushed both pounds sitting there, crushed a pitcher to myself. And then I'm going today and I'm dummying like seven double tacos and Taco Bell is a great thing. I love the Fry Supreme. When I go yeah. there, I get the cheesy gordita crunch combo with yeah. Fry Supreme and then I add an extra cheesy gordita crunch on top of it. Dude, you're yeah. out of commission for maybe two days. Like You're yeah. not leaving your house for two days. You have to do that on a Friday because there's just no chance in hell that you could go do that and then be like a Stewie. Like imagine eating two or like Taco Bell and then sitting through two Jays games. I'd be dying. I'd be sweating the whole time. It could be the middle of December. I'd be sweating. Yeah, you <laughs> Yo, gotta, I feel like, bad plan for ahead. section 116, eh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> After that one. Yeah, you always got to plan ahead if you're going to do that kind of thing. Absolutely. It's worth it though. It's always worth it. Oh, dude, 100%. It's, as you're dummy in that second cheesy gordita crunch, you can kind of feel like you're full, but you're like, this is just so good, and I got the fry supreme on the side. Large large Coke. I'm not the fat guy yet where I go I go in there and I order, give me a fry supreme, two cheesy gordita crunches, and a diet Coke. Like, I'm not that fat yet. <laughs> I still go the full Coke, large Coke for now. Yeah. But I'm telling you, it is about a month away from me having a full-scale barrel on me, and I'm going to have to go back to the gym. I'm not looking forward to it. Switching back to Diet Cokes, hey, that's the future for us all here, eating too many tacos. But uh, enough of the uh, taco podcast. How about we move on to some hockey? And it's not going to be long now before the puck drops to kick off this year's NHL playoffs. And among tonight's games is the Leafs versus the Lightning. And, uh, you know, that taco talk might have distracted you a bit from the uh, the nerves that might be setting in because you guys are both Leaf fans. How are you guys uh, feeling right now? Uh, is there some nerves going on? A little bit stressed, are we? I don't feel good. I don't. I mean, I feel about the same as if I dummied six tacos from Taco Bell. I just, <laughs> my stomach's turning, man. I'm nervous. Yeah. I'm sweating. I've been thinking about it all day. I actually posted a vibe check to all of Leafs Nation earlier on my Instagram page because I was driving from store to store at my work and I'm like, I need to check in and see how other people are feeling because it's 937. I could get blackout wasted right now so I don't actually have to watch the game. Like, I am fucking <laughs> nervous. 
I don't think I could think of a worse like matchup for us. Like you want to win a series, right? You need not only want as a Leafs fan and Leafs Nation, we need a series win. And we're going up again up against the Lightning, who have won back to back up. I don't know if it could be any worse for me. What about you, Stewie? Well, I'll tell you what. I think I'm feeling better than most Senators fans right now. <laughs> nice. Hey, moving nice on. Is, stone, stone nice cold. Is stone what he cold. Says. <laughs> I love that. I love that. I love that. We'll probably be feeling about the same after the first round, though. Uh, yeah. yeah. You we'll might even feel a little worse probably. than I'm feeling, actually. Our future's a little brighter, I think, than the Leafs. Well, this goes back to my thing where this series is like completely, you, you can't tell what's going to happen. I don't know if it's going to go seven. Leafs are going to win. It's 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 as likely for it to go seven and the Leafs pull out a win as it is the Lightning to sweep us. Like if if the Lightning swept the Leafs, I don't think anybody would be surprised. If the Leafs won in six, if the Leafs won in seven, I think they'd be like, yeah, it's about time. Like you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't. There's nothing that can really surprise you in this series, and it's really tough. It's it's really you know tough. what I think the, is is crucial and what surprised me last year's was. Uh, how Matthews and Marner didn't really show up in the playoffs, and it's crucial that they do because this guy's putting yep. 60 goals in the net all like season long, regular season. Comes to the playoffs. If you can't get it done in the playoffs and uh, you're getting that paycheck and uh, all that, you know, it's a lot of pressure, but you got to get it done. It's, uh, it's time to shine now. Him and Marner, and I feel like Nylander's going to show up again because he did last year, but uh, that's crucial for them. Same with Campbell. Campbell's got to be sharp. He can kind of go hot and cold at times, and I think he's got to get – it's got to get hot here. And you got to think it's about John Tavares too, right? John Tavares, I understand yep. last playoffs. I mean, freak action, freak injury, like whatever. But how many more good years, like elite years of John Tavares are you going to have? Maybe yeah, not too maybe many. one, maybe two. Like I, I know when they signed that big contract for John Tavares, they knew closer to the end of the contract, he probably wasn't going to play up to the money. It's getting fucking close, man. The window is closing on the John Tavares being an elite player, and we need him in this playoff. So it's one of those things. I don't know. Here's a question to another Leafs fan, you, Stewie. What is your, like, what would you be happy with? I know what I'd be happy with, and I'll answer it after you, but, like, what would you be happy with in this playoffs? It, it has to be a win. It has to be a series win, unfortunately. Like, it, it sucks that we have to go up against Tampa Bay, but it has to be a win this year because um, there's been no excuse really in the past like three so i'd say my keys to victory for the leafs would be our top guys have to outperform their top guys which is going to be a task in and of itself but i don't think there's any way campbell outplays vasilevsky in a seven game series right so if if you're going off the basis that that vasilevsky steals a game for tampa bay one game for tampa bay every series let's say that means for me that to win four out of those six or to win four out of the seven, if, if Vasilevsky's stealing one, the Leafs' top guys or the Leafs as a whole have to outperform Tampa Bay in at least five of the seven games. And Jack Campbell has to be pretty well flawless all series long for his abilities. Yeah, he's got to almost, he's got to at least like match like 90% or 80% of Vasilevsky. And the Leafs have to outplay the, Tampa Bay Lightning, like five out of the seven, I'd say. I, I could not agree more. Jack Campbell's got to play like he he was an all-star this year, right? So was Vasilevsky, right. but he was an all-star. He's got to play up to an all-star caliber. I will say going into the playoffs, this is the most confident I've been in a Leafs defensive core. I don't know how you right. feel. We're bigger. We're stronger. We kind of hit harder. Like, 
I understand people outside looking be like, you got Ilya Labushkin. Ilya Labushkin's a pr- probably going to be a pretty good. Guy. I was going to say he's going to be a pretty good playoff guy where he's a big body and he's going to hit and he's going to wear on people over a seven game series. If Muzzin can find it, Giordano has been a great piece. I like our defense more than it's ever been in the last couple years or whatever, but I'm with you, man. If this is not a series win, it's a complete failure. And I, I think you almost have to go like because of how much failure there's been in the last five or six years since Allison Matthews showed up and we've made the playoffs and we've been bouncing the first round five years in a row. It all, you almost have to go six in, in, in the second round too. Like you almost have to go six, give me five, give me six games. You have to win a game. Don't get swept in the second round because then it's like, God damn it. We're not even close to being close. Give me, give right. me six or seven games in the second round too. And I'll be happy. But this will be an interesting question from the, from the sense fan. What do you think, like, what would you, like, to give the Leafs a little bit of respect, how far do they have to go this year? Just to get some respect. To get some respect, I mean, they got to get past the first round. They got to, they got to show up. Their guys, Matthews and Marner and Nylander and Tavares, they all need to produce. They need to uh, live up to their expectations. I know some people say they're going to win the cup and that's a, you know, a bit of a stretch, but uh, getting past the first round is just like one thing at a time, you know, one task at a time. And uh, that's should be the only thing. Well, one game at a time, really. They just need to get through this series. I will say, you've seen it before. If the Leafs do beat Tampa, the back-to-back Stanley Cup champions, and a team that they're really like, I don't know. I don't think, according to the public, that people think the Leafs are going to win this series. But if they do beat Tampa, I think that gives the Leafs some wings and actually yeah. gives them a better chance of winning the Cup. Like, they'll be they like, if we just that, beat Tampa, uh, yeah. We just beat Tampa. We have have the momentum. Yep, confidence, momentum. We just took out the best, possibly the best playoff team in the last 10 years since the Detroit Red Wings or Pittsburgh Penguins. We just took this team out in the first round. That might give them the wings to make it there. But, like, I'm not sitting here as a Leafs fan being like, we're winning the cup. I'm just saying if they do beat Tampa, it could give them some wings to go pretty far in this playoffs. Yeah, I think if they, you know, get eliminated in the first round again, that's going to be really defeating on everyone, including the coaches, the management, the players. Like, it's not an option. It's not an option. They have to win this series, and they're against, you know, probably maybe not the toughest opponent, but arguably the toughest opponent in the entire NHL playoffs, the defending two-time Stanley Cup champions. So it's going to be... You know, a war out there. They they might uh, have to go to Game Seven in this series, and then if yep. that does happen, you know, they build that confidence. But going into the second round, you're worn out from playing the defending Cup champions, and you go against, let's say, Boston or whoever it is they would end up against. It's going to be intense, man. The Leafs are in for an absolute war, and this is just the first battle against Tampa Bay. So they got to get it done. Their their guys, Matthews and Marner, they need to be scoring a lot of goals. That way it doesn't have to get to the, you know, rough and tough stuff. Game seven, hopefully they can get it done sooner than that because I don't think you want to go to game seven against the Tampa Bay Lightning. Even if you win that series, you don't want to go there. 100%. I'll say this. If if Matthews and Marner don't produce, especially Marner, I think Matthews, obviously, there's no way we we get rid of him. But that's foreshadowing what I'm about to say. Because yeah. I think if Marner has another shitty playoff series, there could be a blockbuster in the works this summer. I mean, they might have to change something up because it wouldn't be three years in a row with the same core yeah. players, and they're not. I think know, not the more likely situ- yeah, I think the more likely scenario would be that um, there's a massive shift in uh, the management positions yeah, yeah. And, and coaching positions. Hundred percent. But agree. there very well also could be 
a blockbuster deal at the draft or in the offseason involving they sign Campbell, Mitch Marner. Don't they? Uh, this offseason isn't Campbell. Uh... Well, shit. Who even knows what happens with goaltending at this point, dude? This what kind of is... money would he get paid? And well, but know, no, there's... but if. If he doesn't show up why in the playoffs, why sign him? Yeah. Like, I understand yeah, he was an all-star, but he was no good after the all-star break. Like, that's just me being honest. I know he ended the season on a shutout. But if, if he doesn't perform in the playoffs, what's the point of bringing him back? Right? It's and like Stu says, maybe you... For, for him to come out there and shine, right? It's all the more reason because he, yep. he does really good. He's getting paid. Does really yep. bad. It's over. That's a lot of pressure, though, on a goalie. There's enough pressure on a goalie mentally, like, already. That uh, could be a good or a bad thing. Depends how he handles it. I know, and I don't like Campbell under pressure very much. I just, I just, I just don't. I think he's a great guy. I think he's a nice guy. I think the boys love him, but I don't necessarily love Campbell under pressure. Maybe you can uh, change that. I guess we'll find out tonight, just as a little taste of it, and then it's going to be a long series. I think so. We'll see. I'm fucking but, nervous. Um, anything else on the Leafs? Or you want to move on to these other uh, playoff series? That, there was a couple that changed um, since our last podcast. Most of them stayed the same when we made our predictions. But uh, one of them that changed is uh, Colorado is now facing Nashville. Do you guys have any any predictions on how that's going to go down? I don't think anything really changes, to be honest. I think uh, Nat or uh, sorry, Colorado and Calgary are both winning their series, no matter who they play in the West. So I I am a little bit disappointed though because did you did you guys see the highlights from that Calgary Nashville game from like a week ago where they was just yeah, Donnie yeah. Brook and they were going at it? I thought that was going to be a great series to watch as well, yeah. like super physical, great to watch. But at the same point, I, I I couldn't agree more. I think Colorado rolls their series. I think Calgary rolls their series, no matter who they play. And I just think they're destined to play each other in the conference finals. You think either of those teams get swept? Then, if you're that confident in these picks, you think Nashville gets swept or Dallas gets swept? I think Dallas does. Yeah. Really? I think Nashville's more likely to get swept. Saros is out for two games at least. That's fair. That's fair. And I Dallas, just like I Calgary's think, I like team. Dallas. I think they're underrated, to be honest. But I could see either one of those teams getting swept, really. I think there's a big uh, gap in, in talent on those teams. I think uh, Calgary and Colorado are way more stacked than Nashville and Dallas. But then again, I uh, mentioned before we started recording the pod that uh, upsets happen every year in the playoffs. And you really can't predict this kind of shit, man. Look at the Habs and the Leafs last year, and it's uh, it's tough to to call what's going to happen. But uh, I'm still pretty confident Colorado and Calgary are going to go far. I think I have them in the Western Conference Finals in my playoff bracket. I don't know. Did you guys end up making a playoff bracket today? Yep. Right on. I didn't. Who's, who's your finals watching. there? Who do you have as the finals? We might have mentioned it last episode, but uh, I just forget, to be honest. Who do you have in the finals? I... I don't want to say. The Leafs, didn't you? Did you say the Leafs? I had the Leafs versus the Flames in the finals, bro. I had oh the all Canadian matchup in the finals. Brackets I didn't want to say. Brackets you should have fucking brought up the bracket, for God's <laughs> sakes. I look like an absolute idiot. I could not. Dude, it's just bad karma to go against your team. I couldn't pick in a bracket and go against the Leafs. I just yeah, couldn't if the do it. In the so. playoffs, I would have done the same thing. With the Sens, exactly. So. I, it's like it's one of those things. It's like I didn't pay to be in this bracket, so you know what? I am going to pick the Leafs to make the Cup Finals, and then I have said that I think Calgary is 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 my team to win the Cup. I did pick Calgary winning the Cup over the Leafs, but my matchup in the Cup Finals was Calgary versus Toronto. Stu, did you end up making one? No, I didn't, but uh, I did have a buddy call me like an hour ago, and he said he made a bracket, and he chose Tampa over the Leafs. Absolute diehard Leafs fan. He chose Tampa wow. because every previous year, he's chosen the Leafs, and they keep losing. So uh, he said, I'm going to switch it up. Just 
Yeah, exactly. So. Superstition. I like it. I like it. So he's got the he's got the opposite superstitions as you as you mm-hmm. doing. So. Yep. I, I don't hate that. I got a buddy that literally bets against the Leafs every single game, no matter what. And he's like, you know what? I'll pay 10 bucks or 20 bucks for a Leafs win. I don't care. And if they yeah. lose, I win big money. So it doesn't matter either win, way. Win-win. Right? Yeah, exactly. Right. I thought about doing those ones before. <laughs> yep, win-win. But yeah. Well, speaking of like not betting against uh, your team and things like that, that's something I made the mistake of on the weekend during UFC. I bet on two Canadians to win just because they were Canadians. And... Uh, they ended up taking the loss, but, uh, you know, looking back, even before that fight, I was like, yeah, I'm going to pick these two Canadians just because they're Canadian. And, you know, I kind of regret that now because uh, it didn't work out for me. So maybe not the best the weekend idea before. To just... Yeah, well, the weekend before I was actually confident in those picks, but I think I was sending in our group chat messages, like when I sent the, the card with my picks for uh, the two Canadian guys, I said, like, I don't know about those picks because I just picked yeah. them because they're Canadian. I'm not actually confident in their uh, you know, skills. They, they actually, uh, did very well. At least, um, line A's did there. He, uh, almost knocked the guy out, but somehow that guy just ate the shot and got back up. Like some of those guys are machines out there. And then, uh, he ended up taking a body shot. The Canadian did. And, you know, I just heard him too bad. He, he did one of those kind of delayed reactions where he went down and took the loss, but, uh, you know, moving forward, I don't think I'm going to be making those kind of picks, but, uh, Let's move on to fights and the UFC that happened over the weekend. And um, how about that Cheeto Vera performance against Rob Font? Um, in that one, we saw Rob Font throwing uh, almost like a record amount of punches, I'm pretty sure. But uh, he couldn't get the job done because Cheeto's defense was just too good. And then uh, when Cheeto did land a counter, it was landing clean and pretty much taking a piece of Font's face off with it. And uh, Cheeto ended up getting the victory by decision in what was uh, his first ever main event. Great for him. But I just thought it was pretty crazy how Cheeto barely had a scratch on him. And Font's face looked like it went through a meat grinder, despite, you know, all the significant strikes that uh, Font was throwing. But um, I think Font actually landed more than 200 in that one. Overall, though, great fights. We saw Arlovsky and Jotko get the wins on that card as well, resulting in a successful parlay. But uh, what were your overall thoughts on that that fight night? I had so many people riding your picks. It's not even funny. I told every single really? person. Hey, I, said it, I, I said it on the podcast. I said, if you're not following his picks, you're dumb. And then I actually got like a couple texts being like, should I be riding this guy's picks? And I was like, if you're not riding his picks, you are dumb. Like you're dumb. This it. guy has you made me so much money on on your on like two or three UFC cards that I've been telling everybody. And then we actually got a message on Instagram on the Bucks on Knox account after your parlay cash being like, let's fucking go. Like, oh, let's we really? go. I didn't even see that. I didn't even yeah. notice that. Eh? Someone said, oh, that. yeah, That's awesome. someone said someone replied to the story on the plus 400 parlay being like, let's go. Because every, <laughs> I'm telling you, I was telling everybody to take your picks. That parlay that you picked was unreal. The one Canadian, uh, I will say against Darren Elkins, I did go against you because yeah. I love the damage. The guy's got the damage yeah, tattoo across his chest. Maybe maybe the worst tattoo of all time might be up it there with him. It looks good on UFC fighter, though. Like, it's perfect it looks for great on UFC to kill you. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, if you, were ro- if, if you were just, like, it had, like, a pool party or something at your house and you invited your buddy over and he had the damage <laughs> tattooed on his chest, you'd be like, buddy, go home. Don't, yeah. don't take your shirt off. Swim with your shirt on today. But yeah, yeah, on Darren Elkins, it looks good. I've always liked Darren Elkins ever since he had that like Cinderella story knockout a yeah. few years ago that made Joe Rogan cry. Um, I like Darren I Elkins. Know. I went against you. 
I didn't realize Elkins too is uh, he's buddies with Mike Malad. I'm pretty sure who got the Canadian that got the knockout uh, right over a few weeks Cole. ago. Yeah. If I knew that, I would have took uh, Elkins because I was you know more confident in Elkins. But I only bet against him because he was going against a Canadian. But uh, yeah. either way, the Canadian guy who's fighting was tough as nails, man. He was just eating shots. So yeah, he that was. was uh, that was incredible. Did you know that Mike Malott, dude, his brother plays in the AHL for uh, he's like a he's part of the Winnipeg Jets organization. I, I was oh, talking really? about I didn't know that. my buddy. I have a buddy from Waterdown. He's like buddies with, uh, I guess, Mike Malott's younger brother or something. He was telling me and he like knows the family. And the uh, jeans, yeah. I guess these guys are yeah, all literally professional though. athletes. Holy well, smoke. there was there was a viral video of a shootout winning goal or something not too long ago, a couple months ago. And it was in the AHL. The guy scores the goal and then walks directly off the ice, goes straight to the, goes straight to the door and goes right to the door. Oh, I've seen that. That, yeah. that was, that was Malat. That was the US, Mike Malat's brother, younger brother. I what guess. a beauty this guy is, yeah. eh? Just the a family, family of gems. Yeah. 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 You know, Mike's been in a few uh, scraps then on the ice too, probably. He's probably been playing hockey his whole life. It's probably part of the reason that he's such a good fighter. They just can't yeah, jersey exactly. people in the UFC there. <laughs> Imagine the UFC where they're wearing jerseys. They just yeah. like fucking start feeding them. Not Jeff playing Malott. in a beer league. Jeff Malott. That's his name, yeah. Jeff Malott. Mike Malott um, in a beer league. I was going to say, you're playing Mike Malott in a yeah. beer league and you slash him and he just grabs you like you wouldn't, you didn't know who it was. You would wake up in the hospital the next day. The guy would Absolute just tell you. <laughs> <laughs> Doug Glad out there. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, let's um, move on to the upcoming UFC um, card here, UFC 274. And uh, this is one of the, this one's huge. We got Oliveira versus Gaethje on the card. Thug Rose versus Carlos Esparza. Michael Chandler versus Tony Ferguson. Shogun Rua versus St. Pru. Cowboy Cerrone versus Joe Luzon. Lots of interesting fights here. Uh, do you guys have any predictions on any of these fights or uh, just looking forward to it or how are we feeling about this one? I, I'm stoked for it. I will say one thing. And like, I always have the casual fans perspective, which is not the right perspective to have when it comes to UFC. To me, this looks like a Bellator card, minus the Michael Chandler and Ferguson fight, and minus the Gaethje and Oliveira. Like, how old is Donald Cerrone? How old is Joe Lozon? How old is Shogun Rua? How irrelevant is Ovin St. Peru? That's the only thing that I see on it. But at the same point, I grew up watching these guys, so I am just as fired up as you. But it just to me, yeah. it just screams Bellator. Like it seems like all of these guys are one loss away from going to Bellator. I think uh, I disagree slightly. I think you're right with the uh, first two fights there, but those top three fights there, I think, are uh, some of the best of the best right now. Like Oliveira, absolute uh, you know machine. I've been betting on him every single one of his last uh, you know fights I've watched him, and he wins every single time. And mm-hmm. uh, you know he's taken out Poirier. He's uh, who did he beat uh, Chandler? He knocked Chandler out. That was the fight yep. where everyone predicting going into that that Chandler was going to walk in there and uh, either just pummel Oliveira or you know Oliveira was going to get him to the ground and uh, you know tap him out. Same exact scenario I think right here with Justin Gaethje, where um, you know Gaethje's a guy that's going to go in there and try and stay on the feet and and tear him apart with his fists and leg kicks in that. But uh, I think people underestimate Oliveira's striking power because he took out Chandler, man. He knocked Chandler mm-hmm. out. And I think uh, you got to always consider that. So if Gaethje, you know, he's been saying, like, he wants to keep it on the feet. And I think he's smart to do that because Oliveira's the most technical fighter in the UFC. If it goes to the ground, I think Gaethje's kind of screwed 
just like, uh, you know, how it ended against Khabib there. But uh, I'm taking Oliveira again in this one. But uh, I don't know if I'm going to throw that in a parlay yet or not. We'll, we'll see on the weekend how we're feeling. I'll put a post out there. But uh, that's going to be an electric fight. And then Thug Rose, too. She's uh, awesome. Yeah. And I like nothing uh, Bellator about her in my opinion. No, no, like I meant she, the first. I meant those first two fights. Like it, you yeah, can't, you I can't tell me that. Shogun, Ovince, Donald Cerrone, Joe Lozon are not all one loss away oh. from going to Bellator. Yeah, I don't think I, I, uh, Lozon's fought in like three years or something like that. Yep. And then uh, Cerrone, he's got to be almost was he forty yet or like you know thirty five? He's got to be getting up there. And, and I can't remember uh, his last win. Yeah, that's a good question. I have to actually look that up. I can't remember off the top of my head. And then, no. yeah, Rua and St. Pru. Last uh, fight I remember with uh, St. Pru, too, he got uh, beaten by Tanner Bozer, who's uh, one of my yeah, favorite fighters in the UFC because he's Canadian and he's got a dirty mullet and he's a yeah. fast for a heavyweight. But uh, if uh, he couldn't take, uh, you know, Bozer, I don't think uh, Rua's going to have a problem with him unless uh, he bounces back. You never know in the fight game, but uh, – the other fight that I haven't mentioned yet is the uh, Chandler versus Ferguson. That one, I really, uh, I don't know, man. I think either like Ferguson's going to get uh, his shit rocked like he did against Gaethje because I think Chandler and Gaethje are similar fighters, or um, or Ferguson. You can't count him out. It could be the late in the last round, and then he could go and get uh, you know an ankle pick, and all of a sudden your your ankle's broken because this guy he's a wild man. I remember against Gaethje, even he was getting his shit rocked. He was like throwing like it looked like he was pretending there was sand on the ground he's throwing sand out and he's got this mystical shit going on in his head and super exciting but uh i'll just throw out my picks as of right now these are probably gonna change once we get to the weekend so keep an eye on the instagram page for the actual picks but as of right now i'm feeling good in Oliveira, thug rose michael chandler shogun rua cowboy cerrone those are my picks you guys got any uh any picks at all on on ufc or we could uh move on to basketball if you want we're all riding you, Ty. I was all right. Say, well, I would ride with you, except I can't go against I. I can't go against Justin Gaethje. This guy is maybe the most yeah. electric guy in the UFC. I just, yeah. I, I get Oliveira's better. I get he's probably going to win. And you know what? By I don't the end know, of the man. Day, you, probably you going up telling you, Gaethje's just electric, dude. And the guy just stands. Yeah. And he's such a good wrestler too. Like you can't. Nobody seems to be able to get him down, right? Like they have to stay on the feet with Justin Gaethje. Yeah, I'm so more scared I, I, about how Gaethje's going to perform than I was with Poirier. Like, I was more confident yeah. Oliveira beating Poirier than Gaethje. Like, I'm really on the, the fence about this one. But uh, because Oliveira's been winning me the money all the time, I'm, I'm sticking with Oliveira. I can't go against my boy, Charlie no. Olives, there. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, all right, we'll move on to NBA then. And uh, last episode, the Raptors still had a chance to keep their playoff hopes alive. But since then, they've been eliminated. What are your thoughts on the Raptors' year overall, and what kind of offseason moves do you think uh, they should be looking to make this offseason? I uh, I think this year could be considered a success. I don't think at the start of this season, I, what did the Raptors have? The fourth overall pick last year? Fourth overall pick? Yeah. So the fourth overall pick to the playoffs, that's, that's a success in itself, right? I did say that... I think I said when we were predicting Raptors playoffs that the matchup that I wanted was the 76ers. I was wrong. I will admit it now. I was wrong. But that third quarter of game six, like I feel like I was not watching for two minutes and I flipped it back and we were down 30. Like it was like, what the fuck Dude, just happened? I was playing basketball with buddies and, and, and I missed the first half. 
Well, I missed like the the first quarter and half the second. Then on the way home, I was listening to the second on the radio, and I was like, and then it went into halftime as soon as I pulled up. It was like perfect time. I was like, okay, sweet, we're in this game. This is perfect. This is looking like it's gonna be a great game, All right? I get inside. I'm like, let me shower quick because I just played basketball. Shower, come watch the second half. I come out of the shower. It's like two, two or three minutes into the into the third quarter. We're already down by like 15. I was like, what? I couldn't believe it, dude. I put out a video at halftime, being like, we're right where we want to be. We've been answering all the punches from the 76ers. I saw that after too. Yeah, dude, it went to shit like so quick. I forget what I was doing, but I was the same thing as used to. Like I had maybe flipped it over to something else. Like I forget what else is on. I flipped it over just to watch something, and I looked on my phone. I'm like. Oh, the Raptors game's back on. I flipped it on and it was like, we are down 20. What the fuck is going on here? We haven't scored a basket in seven minutes? What are we doing here? But I, I couldn't I couldn't believe the third quarter collapse. It was wild. And on top of that, I, but like I said, it was a success. But on top of that, Goran Drogic is taking shots at us on Twitter and yeah. Instagram after this guy was fucking completely irrelevant the whole Brooklyn Nets series and they got swept and this guy's going to take shots at us. He wouldn't even have helped us in our series. I'm happy we got rid of that <laughs> bum. That guy's a bum. Goran Drogic on the scumbag list with Philly fans, with anybody else I've called a scumbag. Goran Drogic, you're a bum and you're a scumbag. I hope that you... Actually, no, I can't. I don't want to wish injury on somebody. I hope that his <laughs> career basically ends next season where people are like, Goran Drogic fucking sucks. I hate him. Uh, I hate him. It probably will. Karma, man. Karma's irrelevant. coming back to get him, I bet, man. Karma's a bitch. They Dude, he all the time. Two back-to-back lobs to Raptors fans on Twitter. He posts a laughing face like he didn't just get swept. Yeah. And then when people started chirping him, he posts his... Eurobasket title championship photo or something like he yeah, has like that? he's done like, something in the NBA. What was that? He's saying photo I think he people were calling him a bum. He's never done anything in his career. And then he's like, Oh yeah, shh, look, I've done this. And then he posted a fucking Eurobasket like like he wasn't carried by fucking seventeen year old Doncic or something. You know what well, I mean? Well his like, church were about the Raptors <laughs> in the NBA too, and he's going back to like a completely different league. Like that's what, what I that? mean, dude. It's that's not even I relevant, mean. really. Like it's basketball. Loser. But like, and when they went when the Heat yeah. went to the finals, do you remember he got fucking absolutely like he was on the bench? Remember yeah. he was like injured, came back from injury, and we're like, wait, Loki, like he's not our starter anymore. I forget who replaced it. Was it like Chris Dunn or some shit? <laughs> Tyler no. Hero as a rookie was this well, yeah. was a sixth man over Goran Dragic who'd been in the league for 20. This guy's garbage. This guy is garbage yeah. and he's fucking chirping. We wanted Precious Precious Achua more than we wanted Goran Dragic in that trade and then Goran Dragic's like I'm not playing here cuz everyone's too young. You're too old, you fucking bum. I hate Goran Dragic. <laughs> I hate Goran Dragic. Yeah. Can't blame you. But uh, what about off-season moves? Did you guys say uh, what kind of off-season moves you think they should be making? I've heard people say they need to go out and get a superstar. I don't believe that. I think Scotty Barnes, within two years, is going to be a superstar. I think Pascal, if he keeps going, he is going to be take that next step, be that next level, next tier, whatever. Because if he's a star right now, he's going to be a superstar in two years with Scotty Barnes. What I think the Raptors need, and actually what I know the Raptors needs because what the stats say, I think the Raptors, I don't have it written down, but they were either the worst or the second worst net shooting team in the league. They can't shoot. They got a lot of offensive boards. They score a lot of points in the paint, but they cannot shoot. I understand Gary Trent, kind of a shooter. Fred Van Vliet, kind of a shooter. But they don't have anybody else outside of those two that can shoot the three ball that can, you know, confidently hit a mid range. They need to go out there and get two shooters, expect like a shooter to start and a shooter off of the bench. 
My thing to you guys, and I'm going to pose a question. I know you're a big Raptors fan too, Stewie. Trade OG Ananobi. Trade him. I like him. Don't get me wrong. Great defensively. Trade him. This guy was like six for 52 from three-point land in this series. I, I like him. Don't get, like, he was great when Kawhi was there too. He came in for Kawhi. He looked defensively good. I just think you need to trade him, get a couple shooters on your team, one to start, one off the bench, and then all of a sudden, you're looking a little different, right? Because when the Raptors go down 12-15, they're just not hitting the threes to come back. Other teams are, right? I just, I that's what I think they need, and the stats would say they need a couple, like, real three-point shooters or mid-range guys, like, whatever. That's what they need. What do you guys think the Raptors need to be successful next season? Um, I I don't know. I love OG, so I wouldn't I say trade OG. Um, I think without him, we we even get we might get swept because I remember in Game Four he hit like a clutch three down the stretch, even though it was probably his only three, and I think he went like one for seven from three point land. So I see what you're saying, but at the same time, like I think he is like there's some like analytics, like deep basketball guys that are just straight into it that say he might be the he's like the best three and D wing in the game. Which and he fair. just doesn't get the looks because he's in Toronto, right? From American media mm-hmm. specifically. Yep. So I'm a huge OG fan. So I I, I love OG and I, I don't want to see him trade it. But I think as far as offseason here, I'm going to do like a little wrap up. But as far as uh, offseason moves, I think the Raptors are still interested in bringing in a center and definitely shooters. Yep. Um, I mean, we had, I think our, like what, our best like, natural shooter or role player shooter would be like Sfi Mihailuk, but he doesn't he doesn't even play right in in a fucking series like that so you're relying on guys like OG to knock down his threes you're relying on guys like uh Fred who wasn't even playing in the last two games I think we also might shop around for like a backup point guard unless you're yep. confident in the development of Flynn or, or, or Banton which they're not but, they haven't uh, shown that they are right right so yeah. so I think Ban- I mean for Banton for a rookie at a great season and I Flynn Flynn had his moments but like if you're gonna be like a playoff team again next year unless they have like a huge jump I think you're gonna you're, you're gonna miss having a backup like a natural backup point guard um but in total I think nobody had their predicted the Raptors to do this good aside from maybe some optimistic Raptors fans. Um, because I mean, they, what they had the four, you're right in saying they had the fourth overall pick last year and they were kind of like a bottom feeder for most of the year last year, but people forget they were in Tampa. They weren't, they weren't at home. They were playing against empty crowds in a fucking different country. So, uh, and then they had to come back, I think mid season, right. They did the same thing. The Jays kind of did like went back or, or am I wrong in saying, I have no idea, but um, regardless, they had a tough battle to get through that was like off the courts and everything last year. And I think that contributed to uh, them finishing so low. And I'm still happy about it though, because we got Scotty Barnes out of it. And then this year was like a, a really, a, I think it was a really good year for Raptors and, and Raptors fans and Scotty Barnes. We're only going to get better. We're still a young team and all our pieces. We have, re- I think we have one of the strongest young cores in the NBA and we're only going to get better. And I love to see, even though, it was a brutal second half performance, specifically the third quarter in game six there. I love to see that the Raptors fans still, everyone gave a standing ovation at the end of the year, recognizing that it was a great, it was a great season because, you know, fucking if we did that, if we went in, won that game, won game seven, fucking Philly and beat Philly, <laughs> we were blown up Philly in game seven, like fucking shit that they're fucking scumbag fans, as you always like to say, Dylan, are standing up, giving them a standing up. <laughs> you can go to the fucking finals and like 
get blown out in game seven. They can go seven in the finals and they'll still fucking Philly will be leaving the fucking stands early. hundred <laughs> percent. They'd be throwing shit on the court. They'd be throwing shit on the court. One thing I will say, I'm kind of a fan. I know I shouldn't say this. It's probably too soon for Raptors fan to hear. I'm kind of a fan of Joel Embiid. Like the fact that the Raptors are chanting, fuck, fuck Embiid, fuck Embiid. And this guy's walking around doing the ears thing. And then afterwards they're like asking him, they're like, Joel Embiid, how you feeling? And he's like, I think they broke my face, but like that's playoffs, baby. Like I loved that. I actually did love that. I thought that yeah. was great. I thought I, like, he kind of took another step in this series alone. Here's a name that I'll throw out for the offseason. I heard this on Overdrive from Dave Festchuk, who's one of the most connected guys with the Raptors that I've ever heard. Everything that he says comes to fruition with the Raptors. He said he thinks that they're going to go hard in on Canadian Shy Gilgis Alexander because OKC is apparently wow. ripping it down. And he said the package that he has heard has been Fred Van Vliet, OG Ananobi, and Picks. Shy really? Gilgis Alexander. I know that's Alexander was hurt all this year, but that's. That's what I heard. Honestly, I love uh, I love Alexander Hamilton kid, um, but that's a massive package yeah. going the other way still. So I mean, if they if they like, <laughs> he better perform if he comes. But uh, he is he could be elite one day. So I think every NBA team that ends up winning the championship, they have some sort of superstar. So I think the Raptors yep. do need a superstar, but it's you know are they willing to trade their young prospects and go get one now, or should they hold out and wait and see, you know, how guys like Barnes and this young core do, because, you know, there's a lot of potential in these guys and it looks like, uh, you know, a bunch of them could be superstars. So I think maybe just stay the course and stick with these guys and don't trade away your, your van fleets and this, and, and, you know, hold the fort and, and see how they perform next season. They probably learned a lot going through the first round. Like uh, Barnes is a rookie, right? So, he probably learned a lot playing in his first playoff games. He's only going to get better, you know, stick it out, maybe have another tough season next year, get to the second round. But uh, they, they have to have a superstar eventually. It's just, are you willing to trade your prospects to well, go get one, or are you going to, you know, wait and see if one of these players do you think turns Shea into is a, I don't know if Shea's a, a, a superstar. Well, he's not a, I don't think in my mind he's definitely not a superstar yet. He's a star, I'd say. Yeah, but, I, uh, I completely – he's right on He's right on point with, like, Pascal. Like, I would put them on the same level. You think so? I think even Pascal. Well, I don't think Pascal's even... a superstar, right? Like I do I maybe I'm wrong on that, but do you think I Pascal's think Pascal a superstar? Is a, no, I think he's uh when he's playing good, yeah. He is like a, a top tier star though. Like he's yeah. he's like the one notch below superstar, That's right? That's fair. If he's playing to the top of his abilities. And if he has a good season, consistent season next year and and even improves on this season, then he, I think you could call him maybe maybe call him a superstar. I agree with that. But like if he improves, but um but like Shea, I guess for Van Vliet, like if Van Vliet's going the other way, um, then I'm okay with that deal because we kind of like Van Vliet's almost like he's got to be like 28 or 29 now, right? I, I don't actually know his age exactly, but um, we kind of know his ceiling, right? Yeah. At this point, so and, and we got to assume that Shea is going to be better and he's going to last longer than Van Vliet. Um, as much as I hate to say it, because I love Van Vliet and he is a great player and he's an absolute dog. But um, but like including OG on top of that, who I think still has time to develop into a, a fucking lights out star, and and picks is is a little bit aggressive, but hey, it w- it would be sick to have a Canadian kid on the team. 
especially yeah, when it's as, his as like a centerpiece, right? It would be sick right. to be cheering for a Canadian, and you know that he would love it too. Like the Canadian, like yeah. you seen Chris Boucher, what he did in game in game oh, six, yeah. the Canadian boy, he knew how much it meant to Canadian fans. Like he went off, he had like twenty five or twenty six points. I don't know, man. That's I, I. I don't think I wouldn't do that. Imagine the. the uh, well, that's just what I heard. I just wanted to see what you guys thought about. Imagine it. like the jersey sales and, oh, and just like the the hype in the building if you got a Canadian player that's lighting it up. I'd buy, I'd buy it. Fuck too. Yeah, I was gonna say I'd buy a shy. I'd buy a, a Gilgis Alexander jersey, no doubt yeah. in my mind, and I'd wear it. All of Canada would have one. Yeah. It'd be like a common household item. <laughs> yeah, literally. Yeah, I agree. But uh, how about we move on to a little bit of baseball? I know, uh, DK, you had something to say about Alec Manoa there. Three will- minutes. Three. Oh, two minutes. Never mind. Sorry. I'm, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Puck drop soon. You, I just put you on the fucking clock. No, this is our last topic here. I just, so, uh, I just saw Matthews better. shooting into the empty net. Lights going off. It just uh, My hair's standing up now. I'm all fired up, boys. Oh, they I'm got the montages up. going right now? No, they don't have the montage going right now. I watched a montage on Twitter earlier, and it was no good. It was from the Leafs thing, and I was like, no, come on, yeah. boys. Fire me up a little yeah. bit more. The Jays usually have the best montages. Yeah, too many Jordan Romano coming out. Hey, fuck, dulled it down a bit. Yeah, Jordan Romano pitches in every fucking game. I will say that the Jays. I will say the one thing I'm impressed at. They haven't lost a series yet. They split one with the Yankees. Like uh, I think it was like the second series of the season, but they haven't lost a series right now. I think they're sitting at like 15 and eight. A couple guys that I want. I want to pose a question to you boys. Alec Manoa, is this guy going to win a Cy Young? Let me just rip off his stats quickly, and then I'll let you respond. So far, in four starts, he's 4-0, 144 ERA, 25 innings pitched, 25 strikeouts, 0.88 whip. In his career so far, Alec Manoa, 13-2, 290 ERA, 136.2 innings pitched, 152 strikeouts, 1.02 whip. Is this guy going to win a Cy Young? Wow. Yeah, why not? There's ties. I mean, I think it's early as heck, but... uh. But uh, I think Put I put money I, on it now. Bigger payout. Let's go. Yeah, <laughs> really. But yeah, he is an absolute freaking dog too. Yeah, of, yeah. Second year in the league, first full season, really. Actually, so mm-hmm. so uh, I remember I saw a graphic when he's pitching the other day. He was absolutely dealing. When I I forget who were they playing? Were they playing the Astros? I think it was either the Astros or the Red Sox. I want to say they were playing, and you were like, "Dude, Manoa." The Red Sox at home. It was the Red Sox. Yep. Yeah, you, you yep. had Blue Jays first five. And I was like, "Buddy, he is dealing right now." So, um, so I saw a graphic that game. They put up, uh, compared him to uh, Juan Guzman, the great Jays young pitcher of the '90s, Ooh. and uh, he was an All Star back in the day, and he came in hot. Same shit that Manoa is doing, and yeah, I think the future looks fucking bright. For the Jays pitching, we have Gossman locked up. We got Barrios locked up, and we got and we got uh, fucking Manoa staking his claim in the elites of MLB starting pitchers. And speaking of Gosman's, how about this guy's stats? Two and one, two twenty seven ERA, thirty one point two innings pitched, forty one strikeouts, zero point nine eight WHIP, and the most impressive stat: zero walks. Insane, zero walks. Dude. This guy, like, that's the reason. So, if I'm answering the question, do I think Alec Manoa can win a Cy Young? I do think he can win a Cy Young in his career. Is Kevin Guzman maybe having a better season than Alec Manoa? Probably. Kevin Guzman's been fucking insane when he's taking them out. I agree with you. I think you said it early in the podcast. Jose Brios has kind of found his legs after that ugly, ugly first start of the season. He's found some life here. He's actually been very good. The Jays have three fucking great pitchers. 
great pitchers, possibly the best closer in baseball. This guy's got like 29 saves in a row. That's a record for the Blue Jays for everything. Well, they have one got, of the best bullpens. Well, until yeah. you blew it against the Astros. Like I was going to say, I think it was like, Astros. was it 29 or was it was it less than that? I want to say his. I think it was 31. Said, I think okay, it was 31. 31. My bad, my bad. Uh, yeah, 31 was, yeah. saves in a row for this guy. They have one of the best bullpens in the league. If they go out and get another starter or if Kikuchi can find it, with Pete Walker, Pete Walker works just absolute magic with starters. You've seen it all over the map. Robbie Ray, Steven Matz, just that's just last year. Kikuchi is gonna find a find a guy like I think Kikuchi is gonna find his way. the The Jays are gonna be fucking set this year, boys. I actually, I'm gonna put money on the Jays to win the World Series tonight. I already did. Hell yeah, we need. The- I love Bashay, man. That guy Bichette. like he. he- Hit yeah, is that how you say Bashad or Bichette, You guys Bichette. are butchering names here left and right. I feel like the fucking English teacher. You said Guzman. Why is it Gosman? Is, is it not Gosman? Not Guzman. Gosman. I I was saying. I think I got you confused. You I was Barrios, talking about Guzman. Right? I was saying Guzman from like the nineties. That's who I was talking about. But I said yeah, speaking Gossman. of Guzmans, <laughs> <laughs> Gosman and uh, and uh, and yeah, Bichette fucking. Uh, Ty, I know you. Bichette, though, man, got, that, that yeah. guy, like, he doesn't look like he's a, a huge guy like Vladdy Guerrero or something, but he steps up to the plate and he just hits bombs. Yeah. Man. That guy, like, it's bat a bat speed. Hey, yes. Oh, it's incredible. He's got one of the pretty He's had a bit of a slow out. start, but he hit a two-run dinger yesterday, and that was a great yeah. game, man. I got to watch Gossman pitch, and I got to watch Burrios the night before. It was a pleasure watching those guys. They were both fucking dealing, <sighs> and Springer had a good weekend, too, so... So English teacher, is it Barrios or uh, Barrios? Barrios is how I on. say it. It doesn't really matter. You fucking if you it, maybe if you move to fucking Dominican, they say Barrios. They say Barrios. Yeah, maybe <laughs> you stop him. Stop him on the street and listen to his fucking. Yeah, well, speaking of that, yeah, like uh, when's he coming on the pod there, bud? <laughs> yeah, I wish I asked. Hey, eh? fuck. What was it? What was the what was the Spanish name of the pub? Come on, pesos and palas or something like that. I love that. Yeah, I yeah. thought that sounded I, I, amazing. I I tried to um. It did. I looked up what's fights like. What is what is uh the translation of fights in Spanish? And it was like what what did I say? Peleas, peleas. I was gonna pesos say yeah. on, pesos yeah. on peleas. So just in, yeah. just in case if I want to ask Jose Barrios in our fucking uh interaction on the street, um. If you want to, pesos like they're they're cur- currency. currency or <laughs> well, Dominican like, pesos, yeah. Because yeah. mon- money's uh, in Spanish is like dinero, isn't it, or something? Maybe I don't know. I don't know Spanish. Yeah, I well, I think it's like the same here. as like cash money shit. Like we have like names for fucking money too, but I think like they're like the currency is is like the Dominican peso. All right. Well, next time you see him in downtown Toronto, make sure uh, you mention the bucks on Knox and get him on here. Eh? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Get on pesos and Peleas on delay, amigo. That's all you got to say. That just means come on bucks on Knox quick, amigo. I don't know what amigo stands for, friend. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. <laughs> Brother no or friend or something. No <laughs> but yeah, that's, uh, you know, this guy said he's an English teacher. And now we're trying to learn Spanish from him. <laughs> so I don't know how that happened. But yeah, yeah. Uh, any any final thoughts before we wrap up here, lads? No, just, I got to no. get to this game, bro. I think the puck's probably yeah, dropped by now. No, no, I just see them walking out. The Leafs are running out of the tunnel right now. My hair oh, is up on the back of my neck, and, and we are the fuck out of here. All Tyler, right. bring it home, baby. Yeah, that does it for episode five of Bucks on Nucks. Make sure to check us out on Instagram and Twitter, and keep an eye out for our gambling picks. Also, check out the other podcasts on showbile.com. And if you can't be cool, be careful. And if you can't be good, be good at it.